Welcome to the Artie Energy Stay Current Newsletter, October 2021. Today is October the 5th, 2021, and I'm Daryl Bragg, President and Owner of RD Energy. I wanted to talk a little bit today about what is making natural gas prices rise so much. Will will they continue to rise? And uh, and also, um, how you know what we're seeing for the winter as far as the winter weather. So let's jump right into it with the uh, our key wholesale energy market drivers. So far, what we're seeing driving the market a lot is one is the natural gas prices in Europe and Asia. While we in the U.S. have seen prices escalate from the end of 2020, nearly 280%, going from an average price of two, in 2020 of 2077 to a price at the end of September for October delivery at 584, we're actually seeing prices in Europe and Asia at over $34 per MMBTU. So seven times greater than what they are here. <clears throat> so we have to be concerned that knowing that the LNG from the U.S. is going to be shipped over there on every tanker possible um, to to basically uh, reap the uh, windfall rewards of selling gas over there at $34 per MMBTU, and those prices continue to rise. So there is a great shortage of natural gas in China. There's a great shortage in Europe. And they continue to push prices higher as it seems like everyone's taking a buy gas at any cost attitude. So that will happen to pull our prices up <clears throat> as our natural gas supplies are being shipped over to Europe and Asia again to get those higher values. But in the U.S., we're also seeing uh, another issue, and that's that we look like we're going to be going into winter running at about a 500 BCF storage deficit uh, compared to going into last winter. While that number actually has gone clear up to 600 BCF this summer and is backing back down to probably by the end of October to 500,000 or maybe 450, we are going into the winter with a storage deficit, which is, although it's not a huge number, it is enough of a number to keep... Um, you know, concern in the industry as to do we have enough gas if we get really cold weather. The other thing we're finding right now that when we thought we, we would see October, <clears throat> after pr October prices closed at the end of September at 584, we really thought that here in the shoulder season, we would see prices in October fall, <clears throat> you know, substantially, maybe maybe a dollar, a dollar and a half as we go into this season when we don't have a lot of air conditioning, we don't have a lot of heating load yet. But what we're finding that what heating load we did expect to have is while it's gone away, it doesn't look like we're, looks like we're going to have the warmest October maybe on record. We're also finding that um, there's so much additional air conditioning demand that natural gas is still being used in electric generation for the AC load. So right now it appears that there's going to be enough AC load to make up for any lost gas uh, warming load. So <clears throat> everything seems to always uh, be uh, driving prices up and the trend up. 
although we did see prices uh, drop from 584 down to about 550 and even 530 uh, in the day in the last couple of days of September so quickly you know shows the volatility that we're in it's quickly traded up to where this morning it's actually trading at 598 per MMBTU so we're seeing 50 cent swings 30 cent swings um, almost daily up and down with the trend still being up <clears throat> so you know one of the you know very critical uh, points is going to be how cold will will it be this winter will we have a cold winter well I think you know um, most of the time when we have an abnormally warm winter it's, it's during a La Nino winter La Nina winter is a warming of the Pacific waters and it moves, um, you know, most of the moisture away um, from, uh, you know, the eastern uh, Asia, moves it over to the western um, uh, part of uh, South America and the U.S. And, and it allows for the jet stream to kind of continue to go over the Midwest and Northwest, bringing the warm air over uh, and, you know, over the U.S. and keeps us having a warmer than normal winter. It, it basically eliminates the possibility for much blocking over Alaska and Greenland. But um, unfortunately, that doesn't look like that's going to be the type of winter we're going to have. We're going to have the opposite. We're going to have a La Nino winter. And although it might be a mild La Nina winter, um, a La Nina winter is actually a cooling of the Pacific Ocean waters. And actually that normally will allow for more blocking, uh, high pressure blocking over Alaska, high pressure blocking over Greenland. And when those blocking uh, happens, then you have the, the jet stream buckling and bringing the cold Canadian air into the U.S., the other thing that you have that happens more often during a La Nino year is you have stratospheric warming. And the stratospheric warming, um, you know, over the polar ice caps basically uh, ends up crashing down on the polar vortex that's circling and uh, breaks it apart. And that's normally when we have polar vortex events where it pushes that cold polar air down into the eastern U.S., and actually put the other half of it goes and pushes it into the European area. So right now, uh, many, many of the models are um, calling for a stratospheric warming event to be happening in November. And while it takes time for, the, for that stratospheric warming to push the cold air and split the polar vortex, it could easily mean that the uh, buckle jet stream will buckle, bring the Canadian air in in November, <clears throat> bring it, making it co colder than normal in November, with a chance that the polar vortex could actually come in in December and have much colder than normal temperatures uh, for a while during, with the polar vortex. Now, I don't think they'd be as cold as February um, of last year, or this earlier this year when we had the polar vortex event because we're not where we were in the solar calendar um, as we move, you know, tilt away from the sun. We're much further in February than we are in December, but it still could be pretty substantially colder air, <clears throat> which would lead to us having a cooler start to winter 
and thus <clears throat> and actually as it as we cool down in November and December, it would heat up the prices and uh, cause prices to be extremely volatile. And uh, we could see prices jump well over $6. Uh, prices right now for December through uh, February are already over $6. So any type of jump would start be pushing gas toward $7. And although I <clears throat> often repeat it, and you may already know this, but electric prices run almost in parallel with natural gas prices. So as natural gas prices move, so do electric wholesale commodity prices. So I always talk a lot about natural gas and, and because that is the key driver of electric wholesale prices. So you might get tired of hearing about all the natural gas stuff and wish I'd talk more on electric, but when I'm talking about natural gas, I am talking about electric because they do run in parallel with each other. So it appears right now that uh, it's time to build a strategy. It's, if you are on a variable rate, this is not the time to be on a variable rate. You definitely want some type of a fixed rate, whether it's a short-term fixed rate or some type of dollar cost averaging where you buy some uh, fixed rates on a shorter term, some on a longer term, but uh, you need to not be running a variable rate as we're heading toward winter. Uh, your prices and your budgets will get, you know, just totally hit hard. And if we hit, get polar vortex events this winter, then, <clears throat> you know, in, like we saw in February, prices were extremely expensive for both gas and electric during the February 2021 polar vortex. And for those that was on a variable rate, they paid dearly for that uh, pricing. So while the past five years has looked, you know, fairly attractive for variable rates, uh, they've also been attractive for fixed rates. So, um, but when you look past to the past five years from 2015 back, you will see that natural gas prices historically have been much higher than where they were the past four or five years. So it's not uncommon that natural gas prices uh, are much you know, higher and are in the range where they are today. Um, so it's, um, but I think again, prices could come back down on, but we don't see that in the short term anyway. We don't, might not see it over the next year prices are going to should stay strong as a demand over in Europe and Asia stays strong as prices over there stay up and as our production in the US is still not robust it's still um, you know producers are looking at strengthening their balance sheets rather than investing in new drilling and therefore they're taking the advantage of that by selling the gas at these much much higher prices and uh, so it appears that gas prices have has more room to grow in the U.S. Um, as as we move into winter. So hey, as as a broker, we love to work with our customers and provide them information like this newsletter. But we also like to work one on one with them all, so that they really have that strategy and they understand what's going on, and we have them uh, well protected and um, pretty pretty much have all the risk taken off the table at least for as long as we can. Um, so if you're a customer who, a prospect who hasn't worked with RD Energy before, we look forward to meeting with you and going over a strategy, see what you're doing today and see what we can do better to help you lower your energy spend and, um, 
cut those costs and uh, protect you against what what's going on in the industry today. So, hey, hope you enjoy our newscast and our, our podcast. So uh, please contact us if you have any questions, and we'll see you next time.